Thank you for joining me for Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad you are here. I want to talk about a problem that is common to a lot of people that we know, but it's not something that we talk about a lot. The article that I'm going to share with you with Your Daily Drive is titled, Idol Swapping. I stopped one sin, and I gained 30 pounds. The big idea that I'm talking about in this podcast is how we can put off one sinful behavior, but if we do not deal with what is going on in our hearts, another kind of sinful behavior can pop up. And so we really haven't taken care of the problem. We just switched sinful behaviors. I want to give you a case study. My friend Biff is here, and I want to share something that has happened in his life. And again, the big idea is that all external behavioral idols have the same insidious root cause. Multiple idols, multiple behaviors, external behaviors, but one root cause. And if you don't deal with the heart of the problem, you could easily stop one sin while switching to a different idol. Perhaps you have played the whack-a-mole game Are you familiar with that? I know that we have that here in the States. You can find it at an amusement center. It's one of those games where plastic moles randomly pop up while you try to whack them with a rubber mallet before they retreat into their holes. You never know when or where one will pop up, and so you're standing in front of this machine and And you're ready with your mallet in your hand, and as soon as you knock one down, another one jumps up. Well, that is a picture of our hearts. When you beat one idol down, another one pops up to take its place. Supposedly, John Calvin said that our hearts are like idol factories, that we serve a multiplicity of idols like window shopping. We like this in this window, and then we move on to the next, and we like that in that window. And we have several idols that that we enjoy, and that's why John Calvin said, I believe, that our hearts are like idol factories. Now, my friend Biff would agree. He had a secret porn addiction for nearly three decades. Through a series of providential circumstances, his sin was found out by his boss. Biff was humbled by being exposed, and he repented of his addiction, and mercifully, his boss decided not to fire him. Now, he did appeal to Biff to let his wife and his pastor know what went down. Biff followed through with his request. After speaking with his pastor, Biff decided to seek counseling, which he also followed through by attending bi-weekly sessions. This, by the way, is a prescription of, of how to truly get help. It's one thing to admit that you are caught in some kind of transgression, but it is another matter when you follow through. And this is what Biff did. He took his boss's advice. He went and talked to his pastor and talked to his wife. He began seeking counseling. He put Covenant Eyes, a computer cyber software, on his computer to monitor and to block computer activity. And he put it on his other devices as well. 
He gave his wife all his passwords and full access to all his tech endeavors. By the way, just as an added note, there's no reason not to do this in a marriage. Is that you, your wife, and and you, and your you, the husband, that you share each other's passwords because there's nothing to hide, there's nothing to fear, there's nothing to protect, and you're one flesh. And so Biff did this, and he joined a men's group at his church. Biff was hitting all the right marks, and his porn addiction began to wane, and that is exactly what you would expect. After about six weeks of counseling, Biff shared how he was gaining weight. His counselor had already observed this, but he did not bring it to Biff's attention. Biff's admission about his weight gain, it did open a door for the counselor to have a more in-depth conversation about matters of the heart. He began by encouraging him about the behavioral changes that he had made, but he did note how his repentance was not complete. And so with great care and accountability, Biff was freeing himself from the behavioral addiction to porn. The more in-depth issue was him not addressing the root cause of the porn addiction. Let this be a warning to all disciplers, all counselors, and all Christians. You want to do more than just amputate. You want to do more than just get rid of the problem that is above ground that everybody sees You want to make sure you're doing a careful diagnostic, a careful assessment of what is causing it because there is potential. You may stop doing that thing, but you truly haven't transformed. You're satisfying yourself in other ways and maybe, as in Bill's case, more, put in quotation marks here, acceptable ways That's why I titled this podcast, Idol Swapping. I stopped one sin, and I gained 30 pounds. His counselor had been hoping to get in a discussion, because he knew if Biff did not deal with his heart, that he would do one or two things. Number one, he could revert back to looking at porn in the future. Number two... Or he could seek to satisfy his secret, inward, hidden heart desires through other means. In this case, it seems that Biff has stopped doing porn, but Biff has not repented completely of his sin because he is eating a lot of food to satisfy some inward desires, and now he's 30 pounds heavier. Satisfying his rogue desires through other means is what was going on in Biff's life. He had essentially swapped his external idol, porn, for food. What Biff did not understand was how this hidden idol of the heart was still alive, kicking and affecting him. There are a lot of external idols like porn, of course. Eating could be. Alcohol is obvious. Watching too much TV. Have you swapped one idol for watching too much TV? What about shopping? What about exercise? 
All of these could have the same insidious root cause. Swapping to porn or swapping to alcohol, maybe uh, that would be obvious that you haven't changed. But the subtlety is when we swap a, a more heinous addiction for watching too much TV or shopping or exercise or eating food, we might not see that. We might not discern that the person hasn't truly changed. All of these things, some of them are not bad, obviously, but they could be God substitutes. And they are designed to bring relief to a person whose heart is not finely, finely tuned by the Lord. This is one of the reasons we should not be too condemning of our friends who are stuck in sins like porn. The lady who sinfully seeks comfort through shopping, spending, or eating can be ruled by a similar heart idolatry. And I'm going to talk about that more in this podcast. I want you to see how these several, these different external behaviors are tied to one singular heart idolatry. That's why we want to be charitable in our judgments when we think about other people. Their sin might not be like my sin, but we could be sinning the same way at the level of our hearts. Though our outer lives can be vastly different and and even somewhat unique by the things that we enjoy and the things that we do. The truth is, we all come from the same Adamic cloth. We all came from Adam. We all have his sinful tendencies. There's an idea communicated in Romans 5.12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so death spread to all men, because all sinned. At the fundamental core of Biff's heart, he had not changed. He merely swapped his idol of choice from porn to food. If not for the weight gain, it could have been possible never to realize his idol swapping you remember what Jeremiah said in 17.9? The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Now, you don't want to fall into the trap of micromanaging a, person, a person's soul. You don't want to become uh, the idle police here. But you do want to be discerning enough to regard the deceitfulness of sin that Jeremiah talked about that John Calvin talked about. Our hearts are like idle factories. The goal here is never to condemn or never to overly scrutinize a person, but you always want to serve and love them through wise soul care. Unfortunately, our problem is, is that we don't care that much about other people. We don't care enough to discern them to love them well enough, to ask God, to ask the Spirit of God to illuminate your mind, to help you see what is not visible, to help you see what has to be discerned spiritually. We don't love people well enough, and sometimes we'll just take what we got without going deeper and providing that kind of wise soul care. But God has given us discernment, and we should use this spirit gift for His glory 
and the good of others. We can and we should think deeper than how our world thinks. We should be able to make sound biblical assessments which takes our care of people to greater depths. You see, understanding biblical psychology, those two words go together. Biblical psychology is the study of the soul. And as you know through other teaching that I have done, nobody can nobody can study the soul like Christians because we have the psychology book, the soul book, God's Word. Christians can do what no other people group in the world can do. We can address the fruit, and we can address the root of our problems. What I am going to share with you is going to be under the surface of Biff's life. We're going to do more than look at the porn or the food. We're going to look at the ruling motives of his heart. We're going to look at his functional worship structure in the remainder of this podcast. And if you want to learn more about this, I have an 11-minute video here that you can watch that will communicate some of the things that I'm going to share with you. I have three more articles here as well. And you're welcome to read those. Or you can just listen to this, and that's fine. And again, this podcast and the article with all of this information on it, you can find it at our website, rickthomas.net. The title of this article slash podcast is Idol Swapping. I stopped one sin and gained 30 pounds. So let's take a look at Biff's worship structure, his functional worship structure. As you know, The question you never ask anyone, are you worshiping? Of course you're worshiping. The greater question, the more significant question is, what are you worshiping? Biff has a worship structure and it's it's twisted and we want to get in it and help him. Idol swapping should be, by the way, a biblical assumption when counseling a person habituated in a long-term sin pattern. You should assume this. Biff has been in porn for 30 years, and to think that he's just going to amputate and move on, no, there's going to be a strong temptation for him to switch his idols, putting away a former manner of life, as Paul said in Ephesians 4.22, that has characterized a person for three decades cannot come without a fight. Sin is a chaos of the soul. And it takes many months for God to fully restore order inside a person who has been habituated in a pattern of thinking and behaving for most of his life. Now, it's important that you really understand this because this is what will happen too too often. Is that you catch a person in a sin and, and you work with them for a week or two or three or four and they're not doing that sin anymore and you let them go and you haven't really addressed. See, the sins of the heart aren't going to go away that quickly. You can cut the fruit off the tree, but if you haven't dealt with the root, there's a good chance it's going to grow back, and it could grow back differently, and it could be in an acceptable sin, like what Biff's got going on with his food. This ability to help a person like this, this we have this kind of truth to where we have an advantage in soul care. We understand how habituation in external sin is more than what a person can see. 
And though you want to applaud Bill for cutting the sin of porn out of his life, you also want to make sure he has sufficiently put to death the heart sin that fed the porn addiction. Let me go back to my fruit tree again. You see, the fruit tree begins, fruit trees begin the growth process while underneath the soil. Things that you never see long before the fruit manifests. There's a lot of activity out of the purview of the human eye. Now, this illustration that I'm providing for you is also how sin works. Cutting a tree down does not kill the tree. There is still life because the root system is mostly undisturbed. You could unwisely assume the tree is dead. It's only a season or two later when you realize that you didn't complete the job. Biff had been doing an excellent job cutting the rotten fruit out of his life. He also trimmed back a few limbs. He was noticeably different according to many of his friends. Some of his context had changed and a spiritual revival of sorts seemed to be taking place. And from a cursory perspective, he appeared to be okay. It was when you spent discerning time with him that you noticed how some things under the surface of his life had not changed. Though we can tweak our physical behavioral lives into something that may resemble Jesus, like I'm not doing porn anymore, but we can't do the same thing for the hidden man of the heart. This kind of internal change is a gift and mercy from the Lord. It's a cooperative effort. God grants repentance and we obediently respond to his kindness. That is active obedience. God works in our hearts and we actively respond to him so that we can be truly transformed from the inside out. Biff had not honestly dealt with his underlying motives, his cravings, his fears. He was not blatantly deceitful. I'm not saying that. He was sincere. He didn't know any better, just like his disciples didn't know any better. He was like many Christians who have not been discipled to where they can shepherd their hearts. Biff was doing what he knew to do. He was in porn. He knew it was wrong, so he stopped. His problem was he did not know what else was wrong with him. He had a worship disorder of the heart. When you pulled back the lid that covered his heart and looked down into his idol factory, you could see some of the mechanisms that had been in play for many years. I want to share with you four critical idols that were cooperating to feed his porn addiction in a sequential order. So we're going to pull the lid back to Biff's heart, and we're going to look down it like looking down a manhole in a street, and we're going to see a sequence of idols stacked up on top of each other, a sequential order. The first one that you're going to see when you look into the lid of Biff's heart, look underneath the lid of Biff's heart, is you're going to see the idol of control. Biff liked to be in control of things. He was what the world calls a type A personality. By the way, that's not a compliment. When somebody says they are a type A personality, I brace myself. 
It's like, oh God, please have mercy on them. And so Biff was one of those type A personality people. And that is a that can be a significant liability to the biblically uncalibrated heart. And Biff had a biblically uncalibrated heart. So this wonderful type A personality that everybody applauds and everybody hires, it was a disaster, and he almost lost his job because of it. Biff did not fully trust the Lord, and that's why it motivated him to take matters into his hands. The idol of control. This reaction is why being a controller was such a big deal to him. Of course, being in control is not possible for the human race. Nobody's ultimately in control, and and we want to think we are. We want to create this illusion in our minds and in our sphere of influence that we've got it together, but we don't. And this problem of, of trying to fake it, trying to be in control, created unrest in his heart. And it was at this juncture of unrest because the truth is he wanted to be in control, but it is an illusion you can't control. And so that's where porn came into play. The soul not at rest needs an occasional escape. It's the, quote, you need a break today syndrome. Porn became a quickie pit stop for Biff to escape from the pressures of running his world without God. And so as you pull the lid back on Biff's heart, well, porn is the behavior that's above the ground at street level that everybody sees. But as you pull that manhole cover back and look down into his heart, what you're going to see is a controller. And he's a controller who is having a lot of unrest of the soul, therefore he uses porn as a way to bring some kind of weird comfort to his soul. But underneath the idol of control, as you look a little farther down into his idol factory, you would bump into his idol of comfort. The heart not correctly or entirely governed by God will seek solace in something other than God. If you reject God as your source of comfort, if you reject God as your source of rest and peace and security, well, guess what? You must be comforted in some other way. This craving for comfort motivated him to find a different comfort zone, porn. Biff did get in the zone, and he maintained absolute control, there's that idol again, because he didn't want to lose his comfort. This result is how his idols of comfort and control interplay with each other. I am not comfortable in my soul, therefore I seek control of the situation. That is why I'm addicted to porn. But if we go deeper into his idol factory, up under control, where we find comfort, but up under comfort, we find fear. We find a low-level fear running amok in Biff's heart. Biff always had this more profound sense of masked fear, which was not perceptible from ground level, by the way. People who knew Biff would not categorize him as a fearful person, but he was insecure in several ways. This low-grade insecurity is what motivated him to find comfort. You see how that worked? 
I feel insecure in my soul. I am fearful. Therefore, I seek comfort. I find comfort. Therefore, I control it. Now I'm addicted to porn. You see, when he found his niche, he maintained absolute control of it. Of course, as I've already noted, it's hard to be a god. Have you ever tried to be God for a day, for a week, for a month? Well, I have, and it doesn't work too well. You must take breaks from running your universe. And that's where porn became a quick and easy and private escape for him. And so what we have is we look into his idol factory. Way down there underneath is a fearful, insecure person. Therefore, he seeks comfort to mask that fear. He finds out what is comfortable, which is how he got into his addiction, and he controls it at all cost. And so it's not just a behavioral idol that people see and what he almost got fired for. It's the idol of control, the idol of comfort, the idol of fear. But there is one more that's underneath all of that. The biggest idol of them all is the one that fed his fears, which motivated him to crave comfort, that convinced him to seize control of his world. And that was unbelief. Biff was not trusting God. Though Biff was a believer from a salvation perspective, he was not a believer from a sanctification perspective. He had a strained relationship with God. Now, there were many reasons for this. His dad was not a great guy. He grew up in a fear-based fundamentalist religious culture. He was personally depraved, Adamic. He had an unhealthy fear of God. He did not feel God was safe. He also experienced a few disappointments in life, which he unwittingly attributed to God. And that is a, a mess, a chaotic mess of disappointments and problems in his life. Therefore, he had a strained relationship with God, and all of these things worked together for bad in his life. Though he never decided to walk away from God, his heart began to drift from the Lord. Like a man falling asleep on a boat, he awoke miles from where he went to sleep. Biff had been in a spiritual slumber for many years. He slowly habituated himself in his addiction, and the hardening of his heart blinded him to where he could not see any longer. It was only because of the mercy of the Lord the scales were removed from his eyes. This kindness happened after his boss busted him for his addiction. He gained enough clarity to stop using porn, but still could not see the hidden idolatry in his factory, in his heart. As the counselor addressed these idols, unbelief that fed fear, fear that fed comfort, comfort that fed a desire to control his world, all of that created his addiction. Biff began to see the corruptness of his soul and how he had privately defamed the Lord all these years. He started to renew his mind internally about the true and living God. He began to learn about the gospel and how the Lord went to incredible lengths to rescue him from hell and from himself, from Biff. In time, Biff slowly evolved into a believing believer, one who not only believes God at salvation, but he's functionally living out that belief practically in his sanctification He learned the Lord is not like his dad and how true religion is not fear-based like his fundamentalist culture. He also learned even though God is not safe, he is good and will challenge him in many ways. 
but will never harm him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives, Hebrews 12, 6. A distaste began to form in Bill's heart for these cravings of personal comfort and control of his life. He became biblically risky in the Lord. He did the unthinkable. He began to trust God. He embraced the idea of putting his self-reliance to death by trusting God in ways he could never do before. His most significant test came when the stress and busyness of life motivated him to, quote, take a break. In the past, he would find his escapes through his addiction and food. Now he seeks refuge through prayer and Bible reading and honest conversations with his wife and his friends. And the Lord has given him a servant's heart. Instead of selfishly heaping pleasure on himself through his addictions, he has a passion for spreading the love of Christ to others by serving them in tangible ways. The transformation of Biff became complete. He not only stopped the external manifestation of idolatry, but he attacked the idols of his heart, which fed his behaviors. How about you? Are you finding refuge in other things? Is there something about the Lord that has not been worked out in your heart to where he is not your first and satisfying choice? If you want to read this podcast, if you want to read other articles on the website if you that are embedded in this article, if you want to watch our 10-minute video, go to Idol Swapping. I stopped one sin, and I gained 30 pounds. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.